are you ready? Ready to transform your life and step into the person that you say you want to be. Ready to stop talking and start doing. I'm Ange, a health and fitness coach. And I'm Ashley, a Reiki master and energy healer. And we are here to help you do exactly that. And you're busy. We get that because we are too. But even with the challenges and chaos, you deserve and can live a life full of absolute joy, happiness, and purpose. We want you to join us in taking radical responsibility so that you can take everything in your life to that next level. Have the best sex of your life. Live in a body that you love. Let go of worry and stress. And live in total alignment. You're happier, healthier, and amazing life is waiting for you. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast. And my dear, how are you on this beautiful, sunshiny day? I'm doing so good, girl. Just got back from Florida. I got a bunch of sun on my life. So now I feel like I'm like back in alignment. It's been so damn cold here in Canada. And the week in Florida was exactly what my body needed. So I'm feeling great. How about you, babe? Good. I'm good. I feel like it's a big week right now, but it's feeling like flow. And we have a special guest here. We're going to talk about the blending that flow piece and busyness. So the blend of that masculine energy of like get shit done and also feeling cohesive and smooth in that. And that's where that flow comes in. So I'd like to welcome our special guest, Miss Andrea from Gold Ivy Health Co. Welcome, Andrea. How are you, beautiful girl? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with both of you. Amazing. Where are you in the world, Miss Andrea? I see some trees in the background there. And I see a fireplace. So we are in freezing cold Canada right now and there's lots of snow. So I'm like, oh, where is she right now? I see some almost Christmas trees. They're more like, yep. Yep. I'm in Minnesota. There's not a lot of snow here. It's been kind of a weird winter. It was like negative temperatures around Christmas time. So we didn't have snow because it was too cold. And now it's like 40 degrees and too warm to have snow. And so it should be, we should have snow last year at this time. We had like, it looked was like comical how much snow we had. So Florida sounds amazing though. It sure does. I could rock some Florida in my life right now. Yes. Amazing. Mm. It's incredible how much the sun impacts us. I believe that the sun and the earth are two massive elements that without those and without the connection to those, we lose our balance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can, I can feel that now in Minnesota, is it like sunny and gray or is it gray? I would say today, yesterday and today it's been sunny and I am with you with the sun. I did the 75 hard challenge in the fall and you have to be outside for 45 minutes for one of the workouts. And it was life-changing. Like I, I knew it was good to get outside. Like I'm a health coach and I tell people though, you know, walk outside, but when you have to do it for 75 days straight, I'm like, that is why my mental health was in such a great spot. And I looked forward to it so much, no matter what the weather was, I always felt better out there. So I am with you. Yeah. It's, I think of that. My kids are outside all the time and I am trying to get out more with them. But I think about that. How many of our listeners, if you're listening right now, how many of you miss go like don't go outside for 20 minutes or more like that's the average person i would say most people don't go outside for at least 20 minutes a day mm-hmm. which is wild because 
And this is a stat that I heard, so I haven't researched it, but I think it's cool that we were designed and we used to spend 85%, I think it's 85, 85% of our time outside. We're designed, like our whole system is designed that way. And we, most of us don't, we don't spend like 2% outside, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And being attached to computers and the technology now that runs our businesses, it's tough. Like it's hard to hit that 80%. It's hard to even, you know, hit an hour sometimes. And so I think being aware of it is crucial. Now, Andrea, you're a runner. I saw that you have this amazing goal that you're working towards to run a marathon in, I believe, every single state in the USA. Yes. Yep. You are crazy. (laughs) Holy shit. That's a lot of running. It is, but only do a few a year. And so I space it. I have three kids. And so it needs to like align with our finances, our schedule and taking five people anywhere is so expensive. So sometimes it's a drive and it's just me, my business partner or friend. Sometimes all five of us go. One time we even rented an RV and went. And so it's such a fun adventure, but yeah, running outside, especially when you're training, you got to fit in 20 miles. Like I do not want to do that on a treadmill. So it's, it's great when the weather aligns with my training. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So where are you headed next for your marathon? I need to pick a spring one, but I do know that in November I'm going to do, there's this all women's marathon I found in Savannah, Georgia. My mom's always wanted to go there and I haven't done Georgia yet. So that's the next one that I have in mind, but I want to fit in at least one or two before that as well. What states have you done? Well, I've done 25. So I've basically done the Midwest and then really fun ones that were like Vegas and California, Arizona, some on the East Coast. So a lot of Midwest though, like a lot of those states that are drivable and a short road trip. My next question, and I think probably our listeners who are listening right now, why? (laughs) Great question. Well, for me, it's like, If you think, you know, for the listeners, if you think about something that comes natural to you, it might not be running. It could be cooking. It could be creating something or relationships, whatever it may be. Running has been something that's come easy to me and I I enjoy it and it's good for my health. And so having those things really helped with setting the goal. And then another passion of mine is traveling. I wanted to see all 50 states. I want to go everywhere on the planet. And so kind of piecing those things together is really exciting because I've gone to states I would have never gone to, I don't think. Like, I don't know why I would ever go to Idaho. And Boise was like one of the most beautiful places I've been. Nebraska was way cooler than I thought. Indianapolis was way cooler than I thought. And so it's really shown me that there's a lot of beauty in this country, which I kind of knew, but there's some places that I just, I probably wouldn't have seen. And so yeah, pairing those things and then making memories with my kids. Like I, I just want to see the world with them and give them experiences, have time with them. And just to have them see me chasing a dream, I think is really powerful. And I encourage other moms to do the same or other people to do the same. Like it's inspiring when someone goes after something that's challenging that they love, it ignites something. It's contagious. It's like, well, what would be my thing? I don't know. When was the last time I pushed myself to fill in the blank and it's a good conversation start. People like to talk about what's passionate in you and it sparks something in them. And so it's a fun conversation to have and it's it's expensive. 
<laughs> but most of the time it's like, how does this align with my family first? Let's make sure we can afford it in this season. Maybe it's just one a year, maybe it's four in a year. And I try not to put pressure on myself to have to have to do anything because one, I've been pregnant multiple times and I don't really run then. And I've been nursing and I don't really run then. And so it's kind of like taking my time has been helpful too. Mm, do your kids ever give you resistance? When it comes to your running or is there any battles in the house when it comes to mommy's got to run again? Or have you ever felt within yourself mommy guilt when it comes to prioritizing your movement? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, I, I'm pretty strategic in when I plan them. So when I have a super long run, it's like I'll plan something with them the day before and plant the seed. After church, I'm going for a run. And I think also I don't feel resistance because they know I'm nicer when I come back. I like have more patience. I'm kinder. I have more energy for them. And I'm really intentional about when I do come back that I'm very present. So it's almost like I've created this reward system for them that you're with me right before you're with me right after. And it's a better version of myself. I also have a super supportive partner. So my husband no, he also knows I'm nicer when I come back. So I think in general, I haven't really had the resistance. The only resistance really is like when the trip doesn't include them, then they're like, wait, we want to come. And you know, they want to see you finish, get your medal. They want to be a part of it. So I would say the biggest resistance is when they don't get to come on a trip. <laughs> well, so my question was going to be about your partner, your husband. Many people, you know, we, we all, live in different relationships, right? And so for you, you have a very supportive partner. For somebody who is chasing a goal right now or wants to chase a goal or wants to do a thing, but they don't feel like they maybe have that support or they can't even maybe put themselves in that position where they can ask for permission isn't the right way to say that, but essentially say, I need this for me. And you know, regardless of that support piece, how would you, do you have any suggestions for somebody who's listening who is going, well, that must be nice. It must be real nice to have a super supportive partner. I don't, yeah. how do I, I guess I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck in my like little world and I want bigger things, but you know, I, I could never do that. Yeah. I think that's a great question. And I think it's really, it really falls more back on you than you think. I think it's not having your partner read your mind or you assume that you know what they're going to say because you just don't. And for me with my partner, it's like he has no guilt about going on a ski trip for five days. He's got no guilt about whatever he wants to do. And so something with me is like, he brought it up one time instead of me, but it was like, I kept feeling guilty about how thir every Thursday he was at softball and it was like, he'd get home late and then he was tired the next morning. And I'm like, it was the same fight over and over. And then he finally said to me, I think you're jealous. Like, I think you want a day to yourself. I think you need time for yourself. And that's kind of how this like light bulb went off. And it was when our kids were littler. And so it was more like, I really felt like I needed to be home because I was breastfeeding or they were little or, you know, whatever. But the conversation I think is not assuming, you know, what they're going to say. And if you feel like you can't ask for what you need, then you need to start to practice it. Because if your partner loves you, they do want you to tell them what you need so they can help you or they can know why you're walking around all resentful, right? And that's a big part of it is like, if I sense the resent resentment in myself of must be nice for her, must be nice for him, 
that's something in you. That's like a signal, I think, of saying, hey, something's going on here. I'm feeling like I need something. What is that? You know, and everybody has different circumstances. I'm very aware that this is a privileged situation. He's an entrepreneur, so he has a more flexible schedule. But I think it's it's important to acknowledge your your ownership and whether or not your needs are met. Are you expressing them? Do you even know what you want? Have you even sat down to think about what that is for you that you want or need time for so that you don't feel like you're super resentful? And I think that's a big another reason why I don't really have mom guilt is because this is something I know I need and I want, and it makes me feel better. And I can express that to my kids. I can be transparent with them on exactly why I'm taking this time. And I can show them, same with my husband, like we can talk about why this is so important. And I think getting that conversation more natural in your body of expressing what you need is going to be so good for you, so good for the people around you. And it's just a practice of maybe baby steps with that. Like, hey, I would just really like 10 minutes at bedtime by myself to do my skincare routine. I've been pulled at, touched out. It's been a long day. Ask for 10 minutes, start there, and then see if you can get that into a practice. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Oh, because that's, Angela and I, we, we practice, we preach that very same thing is that, and especially we have a lot of listeners, you know, who have young kids and that is a season of life. And so if that season of life is, it's 10 minutes and it's not 75 minutes, that's, that's okay. But making sure that you are prioritizing that self-care, that wellness because we really do show up for our people a whole lot better when we have, right? And yeah, for that. sure. And so with your clients, I'm sure that you, so when you support your clients, what does that look like? Because people are coming at you with all different scenarios and lots of different kind of family situations or relationships. And so what does that, how do you support them with what you do? Yeah, I think... One of the biggest things is we can start talking about weight loss. We can start talking about exercise or food or getting enough sleep. But I feel like we always come back to managing our stress because if that's not managed, we don't make the time for all these other things we want to make time for. And so one of my biggest questions is always, what is it that you enjoy? Like what, what lights you up? What makes you feel kind of like you're getting lost in time? What makes you feel like, what do you really enjoy doing? And a lot of women, I would say 80% of the time, they have no idea. And rightfully so, right? We get lost in our kids and we're trying to take care of these little human beings. And of course we get lost in it, right? But I just like to navigate them back. Like, okay, what did you maybe used to like to do? If you had a whole day to yourself, what would you fill your time with? No one's asking anything of you. What would you do? And a lot of times they're lost. They're just like, I don't even know. I don't even know. And so I really help my clients get back on that path of knowing who you are. If it's five minutes a day of time to align, because we can't work on our confidence. We can't work on our time management. We can't work on what we're filling up this day with if we don't even know ourselves and what we want to align that time with. And that's also challenging for women a lot. Like I don't even know when I slow down to sit down to think. And if you don't, that is always where I start. I start with five to 10 minutes. Where could it be in your day? Could you get up five to 10 minutes earlier than you do? Would it be midday? Would it be at the very end of the day? Like, where is the time? And if they don't know, then that like has to be the priority. 
Mm, it's so interesting that you're saying this. This aligns so much with exactly what Ashley and I do, with that being the starting ground of teaching women to come back to themselves, to figure out who they are again, and really to figure out what they want in this lifetime. So one of the things that I do is use a tool called human design. And it's interesting because you're speaking to what might light people up. And for generators and manifesting generators, that's exactly it. It's exactly what that starting piece is. Now, I'm curious, when somebody comes to you with excuses, Andrea, or comes with whatever their story is, or maybe they've labeled themselves, oh, I'm divorced, or they have some sort of victim mentality. How do you help them move from that place of feeling like a victim or being stuck in their head and their stories back to a place of power? Mm, What a great question. I keep thinking of what you two also do with breath work, where it's so important just to breathe and, and slow down to even hear this, like even hear how you're talking to yourself. When you do label yourself, when you are using those self-limiting phrases, words, you know, so many, so much of the time it's, it's just so loud in our head and we're consuming so much on social media or from other people that we don't hear ourselves. And so it's tough. I, I would probably take them through a journaling practice of, you know, who are you? If you don't have anything that you're writing, like what you do which is, it's tough. Like it's tough to describe who I am as a person without saying I'm a runner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom. Like who are you deep down? What are the characteristics that make you, you? I would start to use those words and start to really think about what it is that you want to feel, right? Do you want to be identifying as someone that's divorced? Like maybe that's empowering. Like, okay, it's a new stage in my life and this is what I want from it. But if it's a word that You know, I always ask people how it feels in their body when they're saying that. Like, do you want to identify with that? Is that empowering to you? Do you feel like you're coming from a place of, you know, when you say I am, what do you want to fill in that blank? If the word's divorced, right? And that's empowering as an example. Or I'm a mom. Okay, cool. We're going to start with that. But what kind of a mom do you want to be? Do you want to be a calm mom, a centered mom, an active mom? Like what word could you put in there that would raise your vibration? And we can start from there. Like what adjectives do we want to start to feel so that it can be something that motivates us instead of, you know, as you two know, I'm sure use these words like expansive. It expands you instead of contracting you and feeling small. When you feel small, you feel like you're not coming from a place of abundance. It's not where you want to identify. You can change your identity anytime you want. And I think Sometimes that gets a bad rap because people think they're going to say I changed. Well, good. If it's something that lights you up and expands your energy, why wouldn't you want to change your identity? Why wouldn't you want to tap into that? And so, so much of it is slowing down. And I had someone on our podcast the other day that I think it was like a Navy SEAL slogan where it was like, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I just said that the other day. Really? It does. And I feel like until it's like, until you live in a space that you two and I live in where you've done the rat race, you've pushed and you've, you've produced and you've done all the things and your brain is fried, right? You're, you get sick, you get run down, you get resentful until you slow down and you figure out, you get aligned with what you want to be doing. And you really focus on those things that give you energy. (sighs) 
it's like you have to slow down to understand or you have to get burned out to totally just like learn the lesson. But yeah, getting in alignment and and slowing down so you can hear yourself so that you can start to go faster in the direction that actually lights you up, I think is really important. And one of the things that you kind of touched on there a little bit, Andrea, and I think it's important to note as well, is many of us, especially in that season of kids, and there's so many activities and things to be going to and things to be doing. And so many people, I think, are going through those things because they are burnt out unconsciously, right? And so getting very conscious when you ask what brings you joy, because I have a lot of clients too, they're like, this is awful. I don't know. I'm like, it's not awful, but we need to change that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and so I think it's getting very clear. And Angela and I talk about that this at the beginning of the year, especially because it's such a good time to take inventory. What do you want? And who do you want to be? And I had a client last night, we were just ch- chatting about this, but not only do you, what do you want, what do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. right? Because lots of people will say, I have everything I want. I have the guy, I've got the house, I've got the kids, I've got the car, I've got the busy, everything that I'm supposed to enjoy, but I don't enjoy it. I, I want to, and I should, there's every reason in my world that, you know, this should light me up because it's everything I ever wanted, but they don't feel how they want to feel. And so I think articulating and getting very clear on that piece too is, how do I want to feel? Because the reason you run is not because, you know, it's making your legs look great. I mean, that might be a small piece of it, but it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. It makes you a better person. It makes you come alive and it makes you show up presently for your people. And so, like you said, whether it's running, whether it's cooking, whether it's anything in the world, getting very clear on what do you want to feel? And what are the things that you're going to do to feel that and be conscious of that feeling, right? Versus just like, oh, well, you know, I I want to, you know, date this amazing guy. And then I am. And we kind of like, you know, we lose the spark because you're not paying attention to the feeling. You're Mm -hmm. not trying to feel the feeling, right? And so when we become unconscious, all of a sudden we're just kind of like going through life, even though we know conscious or like cognitively, it's great. We're not conscious. We're not. Yes. I like what you said too about what lights you up. Like when you start to look for that, you're going to find it, you know? And if you're, I feel like when you said, like, even when you use the word unconscious, it's like, it's like you're numb. It's like there's no purpose to what you're doing. You're doing a lot of things. Yes, you have the things, but if you're not feeling the vibration, like, I just feel like so many people are walking around numb and it's like, feel that feeling. If it's disappointment, if it's joy, if it's, this is boring to me. You can start to see what gives you energy and what takes it away. And like, I know we all want a vibrant life. And so I love that idea of just kind of searching for what lights you up. It's like the gratitude thing. It's like, once you start writing it down, you're going to find more things you're grateful for. Once you start thinking about what raises my vibe, like me jamming to that song and having a dance party with my kids. Okay. Let's do more of that. Like them going to school, so happy and silly because we dance, like, let's do more of that. And then you know, and sometimes that's what it takes. It takes like doing something with your kids that lights them up to be like, okay, that's good for them. Okay. Now what is it for me? Like they've left the room. What would light me up? And I feel like that's such a great way to kind of start to take inventory. 
And I think lots of people, right? You talk about expansion and contraction, and that's something that, you know, I, I those are the exact words that I use, right? The things that expand your energy, and that's what happens. Your whole body goes out, right? So when I think about Angela and I are hosting a retreat in Mexico um, with a couple other ladies, and that does this, right? Like my whole body actually goes out. I know I want to come. I saw some videos of them. I'm like, whoa, can I come? Can I? Where's the sign up? You run there, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going in February, but it's not a retreat, but I would love to come to one. <laughs> love for you to join us. And then that contraction piece, right? Literally our whole body kind of concaves. We actually like, oh, that's yucky. And then we get surprised when we, when we live a life of mostly contraction, right? We wonder why we're miserable, right? We do this one thing. We maybe go to yoga once a week and, you know, it make, it's supposed to make up for all of this misery. And it's like, no, we need most, most of your things to be in expansion. And yes, there's going to be some things you have to do that contract you. I mean, the dishes, they got to get done. I get that, right? Like there is, but we, we do so many things in contraction and hardly anything over here in expansion and wonder why we're miserable. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like simple math. You just need to do more expansive things, minimize as many of those like contractive pieces as you possibly can. Right. So if you don't want to like make the cookies for somebody else, say no. Right. If you don't like your mother-in-law, cool. Just like minimize time with her. Don't like go on coffee dates every Tuesday if you don't want to. Right. Doesn't mean you have to cut her out of your life, but you know, really minimizing that to like almost the bare minimum and then yeah. moving into kind of that expansive place. And you talked about, you know, having three kids. That's a huge piece of it because we are we're shaping our children, right? Into who we want them to be. Hopefully that's kind of the plan. That's my plan. It's like, who do I want you to be? Who are you supposed to be? Who is your little soul here to be? Right. But it's giving them permission and they get permission by watching us. Yeah. Right? So what does being a mom mean to your kids? Because someday, mm -hmm. like depending on the gender of your kiddos, right? But when they're a mom or a dad, what does that mean? Oh, it means I get to do nothing fun. No, it means I get to have dance parties and I get to go running and I can go golfing and I can, you know, I can choose me. And that's how our kids, you know, they show up and grow up to be, you know, with those core beliefs. And we want to instill those core beliefs that, yes, you can go on the trip. You can go on the run. You can, you know, go do the thing because, yes, you're a mom and that's great. Or, yes, you're a dad and that's great. But you're still an individual, right? And I think Yeah, I think, too, something you touched on is in order to have more space for those things that light you up, you have to say no to things you don't actually want to be doing. Like you said, don't say yes to the coffee date with someone that does not raise your energy, that you're not looking forward to it. Like what happens when you think about that coffee date? Are you like, I don't want to go? Then don't, right? So that you can have more time for the things that light you up. And it's tough. Like it's not easy to say no to things. And it's not, you know, you want to say yes to things because you want to be helpful. But again, it's, you know, that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is saying yes to things they don't even want to be doing. They're just in this perpetual pattern because they're a yes person. So people come to them because they know they're going to say yes. And it takes away time from yourself to be who you want to be and to have the time for yourself. I mean, we're always looking for more time. We're always looking for more energy. What are you saying yes to and what are you saying no to? And it doesn't have to be a hard no, right? It could be like, okay, I'm just going to do that coffee date. Like, once a month or every couple months, you know, just push it back a bit until you can like 
grow enough courage to say like, God, this isn't really, I just, and it's hard. It's uncomfortable. Like you don't want to hurt people's feelings, but it's also your life. You get one life. And if you're constantly around this person that's dragging you down, like, ugh, what is the point? (laughs) Okay. So one question that I have with that is there's, I call them bliss items, but there's, what about the things that feel like contraction before? Like, let's say I don't want to exercise. It's contracting me. I'm like, "Mm, no, I just, you know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I know I'm going to feel better after. How do we get over that contractive hump to move into that expansive place? Because those are the things I believe that overflow into the rest of our day. Yeah. We have things that like pleasure items. So let's say you're watching Netflix. Great. But that's not going to probably move into the rest of your day of like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. And now like, I feel more me. Whereas perhaps going for a run or doing a workout or being around people who feel really amazing to you, those things are going to overflow into your relationships. They're going to overflow into your workspace. They're going to overflow to your kids. But many of those bliss items are things that we don't want to do at first. Mm -hmm. How do we get through that like hump? What's your recommendation? Angela, you might have some recommendations too, because you work with a lot of people who maybe experience that hump and, you know, it's moving them through that place to kind of expand again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's understanding what that is, right? If it's something that's going to be good for you, the resistance usually is some type of self-sabotage or like a worthy issue. You know, if you're consistently doing things, you know, that don't push you forward or give you the benefits that, you know, exercise does, for example, there's probably some type of fear or some type of worthiness issue that's holding you back because you don't know who you'll be if you lose that weight. What will happen to your relationships? What will people think of you? Who am I if I'm not in this body or with this mindset? I don't know who that person is. And it's scary sometimes. Like I have it as an entrepreneur where I'm like stepping into this new chapter where we're getting asked to do some big things and I'm scared and I'm kind of like, I don't I'd be okay if that doesn't happen. I'm like, what? Like, that's going to propel my business forward. Why am I so scared of this money? You know? And so I've had to do some coaching and understand where it comes from. It, every feeling we have, it comes from something that's deeper that we need to explore. So Netflix is really comfortable. Of course, you want to sit on the couch. It doesn't require a whole lot of work. Your brain, the more you know about your brain, the more you can understand, okay, of course, this is what I want to do, but how am I going to feel afterwards? And it's like with alcohol, like I've been giving it up lately. And in the moment, it would be so nice to have a glass. My brain would probably turn off. I'd probably care less about who's thinking what about me. I'd probably turn it off, right? But tomorrow, I will wake up with a racing heart. I will wake up with negative thoughts about what I did. And this is just my personal experience. Is it really easier to have a glass of wine? No, because I'm going to pay for it, right? And so it's with anything. It's with eating a bunch of food, you know, will make you feel like crap. It's with doing the easy thing that eventually like it's, it's not helping you. It's convenient. It's easier. It's less effort. And Angela, I'm sure I know that you coach people on this too, that it's just that practice, right? Of just starting to allow yourself to do the thing that's going to get you those results a little bit later, like not an instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say the biggest suggestion I have for people and this has to do like I use the example of taxes because I fucking hate taxes. I hate accounting. I hate anything to do with that. 
But how could I make that a little bit more fun? And when you can have it stack and put two things together, so say you hate working out, you're like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to be on the treadmill. I don't want to do the thing. What could you pair with it that is something that you fucking love to do? And it either is happening simultaneously. So you're going to go on the treadmill, but you're also going to watch Netflix. You're going to get pleasure by watching the show and you're putting them together. Or you can have it stacked so that the thing happens afterwards. So once I do this, then I get that. And you can give yourself that personal reward on the other side. But it's pairing something together that is going to make it more fun, that is going to make it more joyful, that is going to get you through it. So yeah, I'm going to watch the Netflix show. And every single time I do cardio, I'm going to watch and binge watch the show so that while you're doing it, you are getting the movement in, you are getting the steps in. And yeah, like some girls that are like, you know what, I'm never going to be on a treadmill. I'm like, but you love to shop, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, go to the mall. You're going to go to the mall. You're going to walk around the mall. That's how you're going to get your steps in. And you're not even going to realize you're doing something that's really incredible for your body. But I think we have to get creative with our clients because I think they they sign up and they're like, oh, you're not going to make me like do three workouts that are 20 minutes. I'm like, no, girl, we're not starting there because if we start there, you're not going to do it. You're never going to pick the weights up. You're never going to like go and do what I've prescribed to you. We need to start exactly where you're at so that Little by little, a little becomes a lot. And I think the biggest piece that I look at is when I first started and I was very overweight, I didn't know how to lose weight, but I was like, oh, I probably could go for a run. I need to move something. And I ran like one little block. And then I walked all the way home was like, I don't know if I'll ever do this again. But I had to start there versus like putting on an exercise video. If I was to put on an exercise video, I would have just felt so defeated because I wouldn't have been able to follow along. I would have had no idea what they were doing. I had to do something which was exactly where I was at. And then little by little, I built from there. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's getting creative. What is going to make this more fun for you, whether that's the music and just looking at those other areas of your life where even just drinking coffee was something, if drinking coffee was something makes it more fun for you, have the coffee while you're doing it, right? And I think the other big suggestion I have for clients is like, who wrote the rules? When it comes to moving and eating, there's so many different dogmas out there. There are so many different things that you could follow. What we need to find is what is sustainable for you and your journey. If you know that you are not gonna be able to eat like this or move like this for the rest of your life, why the fuck am I going to give you that as your prescription? Makes no sense. You're going to work with me for four months and then you're going to have no idea what to do afterwards. You lose 50 pounds or you lose 20 pounds or whatever, but you only did it with this short timeline in mind. And so we really have to look at all of the habits that I'm giving you need to be sustainable. And yes, that changes in seasons depending on where you're at, but I don't want to give somebody meal plan that I know they can't follow. You want to have chocolate? Let's find a way that you can have chocolate in your meal plan. I want some chocolate. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you're talking about how the brain works. I feel like so much of what we do in these like cycles we get in, if we just understand a little bit more about the brain, like exactly what you're saying is like, give it the dopamine it wants so that it will do the thing. Like you're rewarding your brain. And I don't know about anybody else, but I've really just dove headfirst into my mental health. It affects our reality, right? And so if we just start to think about what is going to help my brain be able to sustain this, it's fun. It's things that taste good. It's good scenery. It's all of the things that feel great. And it's just like you said, pairing it with a thing that you're not thrilled about that you know is probably good for you little by little. 
That's why with what Brooke and I do, we have a Move With Gold Ivy workout platform. Is like, we're funny in it. Like we're bantering. We're like, if you're going to be here moving your body and you might not be thrilled, like let's laugh. Like let's joke. Let's make health and wellness more fun on social media. I feel like following someone that's just constantly telling you to do, 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 instead of thinking about your mental health is also, it's just, it's not sustainable. And that's why I feel like you, you guys have such a great pairing, two of the mind and the body. Like you cannot have one without the other. You need to move your body and it's going to benefit your mental health. And just, I just think if we just really prioritize the mental health, we really just start thinking about what, what's going to help my brain do this and actually follow through, like you're going to be way more successful. And, and like the mental health, the spiritual health, the like, right. It's, it's all of it. It's the emotional health and it's having all of those. That was one thing I was super woo woo, very spiritual. Like I meditate, I journal, I do Reiki. I'm very right. But I was probably 40 pounds heavier than I wanted to be. Enter Angela, who is like queen of fitness and maybe struggling a little more with those like spiritual or emotional pieces. We both needed each other. And it's that blend. I realized the physical is spiritual. The physical is mental. The physical is emotional. If I'm not, if my vessel, if my temple, if my body, the place where my soul lives is not doing so hot, it's really hard to thrive, right? Like imagine you lived in a house that's like falling apart and you're supposed to feel peaceful and happy in there. You're probably not going to, right? And so they are intertwined and they are, they're the same thing. They're the, they're the opposite side of the same coin, right? Mm-hmm. And so two of the things that I've heard both of you say is change up the environment. So what I used to do was when I lived in England and I was teaching, I would actually do my marking at the pub. I would like go in by myself. I'd order myself like a glass of cider. And that's where I would do my marking. When I was teaching in Canada, that's what I would do with report cards. I would pair it with the wine. If I was writing report cards, you better believe I was drinking wine. And it was better for the students. It was better for me. Like, <laughs> right? I'm sure those students got better grades because I was in a state of not like, grr, 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 right? And <laughs> right now what I'm doing, so I'm really trying to minimize unconscious scrolling on my phone, especially during the day when my kids are around and I want to be present and I want to be productive, right? So now what I do is in the morning, I also wanted to be on the treadmill more and I'm like, oh God, right? So now I don't, I don't go onto my phone at all until I'm on the treadmill. So for anybody who's like, oh, I really need to get off my phone and get on my treadmill. Do both of them. So that's where I like check my emails and I'm just walking, but otherwise I'd be sitting on my ass. So at least I'm walking. I walk a half an hour every morning, even if I don't pick up the weights, cool. But that's where I do my scrolling. That's where I do my posts. That's where like it's that chunk of time where I get to kind of do both things. And so if somebody who's listening and is looking for like a little tip, just I made a rule. If I am scrolling on my phone, I'm on my treadmill. I love it. That's a great hack. Especially for people that, you know, like you said, they want to be on the phone. You're going to be on your phone. They don't really enjoy the treadmill. Yeah, it passes time so much too. You're going to look up and be like, I just walked two miles. Absolutely. It's it's a brilliant morning hack that keeps me off my phone until until I'm ready to like hop on the treadmill. So if that means that, you know, my kids need to get breakfast and cool, but I'm, you know, I'm still not on my phone. It's not like I'm checking out first thing to kind of like, avoid the day. 
no, if we're, if we're doing that, then it's, you know, it's, it's later when I'm on the treadmill. Yeah. I love that. That's a great tip. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Andrea, we love the way that you're showing up and all the cool things that you are getting up to. So why don't you give us a little bit of a shameless plug, the things that you have coming down the pipeline so that if somebody is listening and wants to work with you or connect with you, they would have the opportunity to do so. Thank you. Well, yeah, first of all, we're Gold Ivy Health Co. everywhere. So on Instagram, pretty big presence on TikTok. We have our podcast, Ivy Unleashed, is on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you can find podcasts. But yeah, our biggest focus right now, we're launching a course. We call it the Ultimate Reset. That is our challenge we do quarterly that involves rejuvenation and fun and play involved in the challenge. It's not like 75 hard where you never get a break because we want you to be able to sustain your health. So we have our challenge in this course along with why we're thinking about stress and sleep and exercise and nutrition. So that's coming out. Everything can be linked from our platforms though. So that's Gold Ivy Health Co. everywhere. Amazing. And you have one more question. And I think we need to do a bitch slap. Oh, I love that. Andrea, I know you're like, like get shit done kind of girl. Like, I, so I want to, I wanted to pull, we have a couple different card sets that we use. And I feel like the card set for, for today is, is bitch slap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that crude, beautiful, like don't fuck so around. Really. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So Angela, do you ask your question? As we sure. wrap up the I will pull a card for Andrea. Mm. And- oh my gosh. Yes. All right. Sounds good, Andrea. So we have one more question that we end with all of our guests, and that is, Andrea, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, God, I love that. I I want to be remembered as someone that was easy to be around that helped people feel like they could be themselves. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Authenticity. Mm, All right, Ashley. Slap us. (laughs) This one's Andrea, the next one will be for our listeners. Oh, I love it. Just fucking do it. Write the book, sing the song, change the fucking world with your vision. You are unfucking stoppable. I needed that. I literally this year want to write a book and I am like doing everything to sabotage it. So I needed to hear just fucking do it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For the listeners. Your soul is the most beautiful fucking gift you can share with anyone. Stop hiding that shit. There we go. Beautiful. Oh, I love that deck. It gets me every fucking time. <laughs> you two are so fun. Thank you for having me. This is great. I love, I love when there's two hosts. I think it's so great to have two different personalities so that your audience can relate to you both. And I hear the authenticity in your episode. So I'm just so happy you're doing what you're doing. And I want to share you guys too. So we'll make sure that we plug your podcasts and your presences too, because they're both so powerful. So thank you for having me. Mm. Thank you for joining us. Have an awesome day for all our listeners. We love you. Thank you for being here. And thanks again, Andrea. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. <laughs>